Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of our show and of duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. And by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, WoodsideRanch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll get a fishing report for Castle Rock and Petenwell Lakes and the Wisconsin River and learn about a new sports shop in Nesita. And we'll talk to Lake of the Woods Tourism Director Joe Henry about the great walleye action there this summer. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer, and they're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H, right where you see the two giant arrows on the south side of the highway. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 AM and on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and now on OutdoorNews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us once again after a few months off is J.C. Chamberlain. J.C., welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be back. It means one thing, season's closer and closer. <laughs> yeah, we say that every year when we start up at the end of June. My goodness, archery deer season is July, August, September, two and a half months away, something like that, maybe three months. Yep. Yeah. yeah, even a little shorter if a guy's going out west. True. Are you planning a western trip this year? As of right now, I've got one planned, probably not until November be headed to South Dakota for a meal deer with my brother. Oh, nice. For the last couple of years, there have been inventory issues with uh, supply chain slowdowns and so on. How are things looking this season? Uh, things actually seem to be looking up. Uh, as far as that goes, we've been able to get you know most everything that we've ordered. Um, there's still a few issues here and there but for the most part it's on more of the you know the minor stuff the bow companies are caught up site companies most of them seem to be caught up so it's been a good year as far as getting stuff so. well that's good and speaking of bow companies matthews has a new bow i understand they do they actually have two models again this year very similar as far as specs go to last year's they're going to be a 29 inch axle axle bow and then a 33 inch axle axle bow they've changed it up now with the new lens system there's actually a like a rubber dampening um, piece that goes in between or in the middle of what would have been each individual limb so now instead of four total limbs there's actually eight total limbs on the bow i don't know how much it'll do but it's very very noticeable when you get it outside and start shooting it and noticeable in what way is it quieter much quieter yes okay every year it seems like we say that but uh (laughs) every year it's it's true they keep just getting quieter and quieter yeah. Now, with eight limbs, there's twice as much possibility for a limb to have something happen, right? Definitely could be. So far, things have been pretty good. I wouldn't say anything different than what we would maybe see on a normal year as far as durability and stuff goes. So that's been really good that way so far. All right. Well, that's good. Are guys changing over? From last year's bow to this year's bow, I would say probably not as many, but 
definitely the guys that are shooting them when they come in to try them out and stuff for the first time if they're upgrading from a five to say 10 year old bow there's been no question that they notice that it's definitely quieter uh-huh okay and a quieter bow means the deer is less likely to what they call jump the string or i don't know what other advantages there are yeah i mean that would be the biggest advantage that i would say you know doesn't seem like they actually know they're being shot at, at least not from the viewpoint of the bow making too much noise. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, you're more likely probably to hear the arrow, they're more likely to hear the arrow coming than they are actually hear the bow going off. So that's kind of a neat thing to, you know, start diving into a little bit. Oh, okay. So now that our bows are so quiet, we've got to worry about noisy arrows, right? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it, for sure. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Well, how is your inventory? Things are looking really good. Pretty much everything is available. The only thing I can think of, like at this time, would be like one or two releases that are a, a handheld that have been a little bit harder to get. But other than that, everything is pretty readily available for sure. Well, good. Well, now to the suggestions that we have for folks every year at this time, what should we be doing right now? It's the time of year to be getting the bows out, um, checking them over, looking them over good. Um, you know, a lot of 3D shoots and stuff going on, so it's a good time to get them out if everything looks good to get it out and, and test them out. The other thing that I've noticed as I've been getting a little bit older is maybe shooting a little less volume, um, but just shooting a little bit more often. Okay. Uh, just to build up those muscles and that sort of thing. Um, to get back into to shooting shape, as most guys would call it. Yeah. Definitely a good thing to be doing this time of year. You know, also, if there is something wrong, usually turnaround time's a little bit quicker. gives us a little more time to work on them as well. And then if we did happen to need to get something, you know, that turnaround time is quicker as well. So you're actually accomplishing at least two things. You're kind of retraining your muscle memory, and you're also checking out your bow and making sure your equipment is ready to go. Yeah, Absolutely. For me, at least, it's usually the, the person behind the bow needs more work than the bow. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's definitely the case with me, and I'm sure with a lot of shooters as well. Well, back to equipment. You have some new blinds, I understand. We do. In the past here, the last few years, we've had all kinds of different blinds from the pop-up style and Shadow Hunter and the hard-sided blinds. Millennium has a buck cut which is a soft-sided blind, which we have carried in the past. They've been a little tougher to get. We have them in stock now. And then we just got in a new company's blind that's soft-sided, which would be Graylight. That one's going to offer a, a taller stand. So you're looking at a, you know, you can have it 8 to 10 foot high, and then a soft-sided with a hard window. So kind of an integration of that harder window or that solid window versus a, just a cloth or a zipper style. Uh-huh. What's the advantage of a hard window on a soft-sided blind? Uh, it's something that, being it's darkened, we can actually use it more like a hard-sided window where we can have it dark and, and trade change windows if we needed to a lot easier without actually having it open to let the colder air in when it's colder. So you can have that window closed, have it darkened on the back, and then actually flip that open easier without with less being noticed anyway without that old velcro rip that you hear <laughs> with yep. some lines yeah or the old zippers just oh yeah, you know, yeah down yeah. as they go so <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah 
Well, let's yep. talk about tree stands for a little bit. A lot of us have tree stands that are a couple years old. Uh, some of them are still up. We've got, I think we've got one or two that are still up, and we take one down at least in an area where there's more human traffic and we don't want anybody bothering with it. But what should we be doing or concerned about with tree stands now? With tree stands, especially the straps. I mean, number one thing on them is straps. You always want to have a safety belt on when you're loosening straps or checking straps and that kind of thing. Usually, on the average, I would say I replace them every other year for the most part on my stands. Usually, we'll go through this time of year or even earlier in the year and loosen them up if we plan on leaving that ladder stand there especially. The, the hang-on stands, a lot of times, we either just take them down or leave them and then replace them, you know, the, coming up here. But great time to go in and you know get them trimmed out a little bit or replace those straps and make sure everything's good to go for the next few months can you buy replacement kits for particular stands or are there universal generic uh, straps yeah most of the time with the straps a lot of them are universal so you can just use our standard ratchet strap rated to three to five hundred pounds or more that's what I typically use on mine. There are a few stands out there that require a special strap that would have looped ends, and you can get replacements for those. And there's not too many of those that we stock. I know on Millennium stands, they have the receivers, so you can actually take the stand out completely, but it might be time if it's a ratchet strap receiver to replace that. Uh-huh. So. Okay. Well, before we let you go, store hours in the summer? So we're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 5. All righty. Well, we'll catch up with you again in two weeks, and maybe that time we'll talk about scouting and food plots and all that other good stuff. Sure. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks so much, and uh, try to stay cool out there. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely going to need to do that this next little bit, I guess. Yeah, I'm afraid so. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it. J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Outdoors Report from Pappas Trading Post. They are Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer, located just west of Arena on Highway 14 and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in southeast Wisconsin. Michael Hupe is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. If you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, 
Visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. Well, Jeff Kelm is on the road again this week, this time somewhere in South Dakota with another Masters Walleye Circuit Tournament. So I'm running solo, and we will get his report on that event next week. I don't know if you've heard this, folks, but the DNR is retiring the Hunt Wild Wisconsin mobile app. And if you use that app, it's ending on June 29th. And here's what they say about it. It was launched in 2018 to provide mobile access to hunting information, including hunting hours, site-specific rules and regulations, CWD, sampling locations, and much more. And now they are retiring it because they say it has reached the end of its life cycle. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe there's a lot of competition out there with things like Onyx and other apps. But the information that was available on this app is still available in a mobile-friendly version on the DNR's website. You just go to dnr.wi.gov, keyword hunt or hunting. And in early July, you'll also be able to get a copy of the current 2324 Rules and Regulations pamphlet from that webpage. So if you're using the Hunt Wild Wisconsin app now, you can still access data stored there until June 29th, which is just a few days now. After that date, the application will no longer be updated and maintained. So if you've got information saved there that is saved or stored nowhere else, you better download it now and do something else with it so you don't lose it altogether. And we also have heard that this is pollinator week in Wisconsin. Pollinators, of course, are bees and other insects that help pollinate our native wildflowers and fruit and other trees that need assistance with pollination. They are active in our gardens. And the DNR tells us that native wildflowers are in bloom at many state parks and other properties, and a lot of them have pollinator gardens that you can visit. If you want to learn more about pollinators and pollinator gardens and sites that you can visit, go to the DNR website, type in the keyword, guess what? Pollinators. Well, I've been mentioning the last few weeks that I am hosting a trip to Ballard's Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods again this year. It's been about five years since I was there, but we're going in September, and Canada has opened back up to American visitors. There are no restrictions at the border. All you need is a valid passport, and they'll let you across. The dates are September 11 through 15. We'll spend four nights on Black Island. We'll have three full days of guided fishing for walleyes, smallmouths, northerns, muskies, and panfish as well. And this is a complete package. Everything is included. Guides, boats, bait, tackle, lodging, and it's a very nice resort on a private island. You'll have a private room that you'll share with a companion if you want to go with a friend. And the cabins are just for our use. And all meals are included. The lodge serves great breakfasts and dinners. And we'll also enjoy shore lunches of fresh walleyes that our guides prepare right there on the water. The trip is limited to 13 people. There's still room for a couple more guests. So if you're interested, contact them right away. The website is blackisland.com. The cost for this trip is $1,500 per person. And as I mentioned, that includes everything. And some friends of mine from the Stormy Cromer Company will be joining us, and they will be bringing some Stormy Cromer gifts for everyone on the trip. 
And I know that's going to include at least one Stormy Cromer cap per person, maybe more things. I don't know what all is going to be involved. If you're interested, go to blackisland.com, click on the Trips tab, and you'll find my name there, and you can get all the information on how to register and uh, any information on things you need to bring. This is a complete package. I mean, if you just show up with the appropriate clothes for September weather and your toothbrush, you'll be fine because they've got rods and tackle and uh, everything else that you might need. Coming up, Joe Henry shares a fishing report for Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, the Minnesota side of Lake of the Woods. There's a lot of walleye action going on there right now. And we'll kick things off with a report on the Castle Rock and Petenwell Lakes and the Wisconsin River from Darren Kiesling. He's the proprietor of Stars and Stripes Sporting Goods in Nesita. That's a fairly new shop and a new sponsor for us. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Castle Rock and Petenwell Flowages and Juneau County offer four seasons of outdoor recreation on two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes and many miles of river, hiking and biking trails and more. For more information, you can visit castlerock-petenwell.com. And joining us now is Darren Kiesling. He is the proprietor, along with his wife Carla, of Stars and Stripes Sporting Goods, located on Highway 80 in Nesita, Wisconsin. Their website is starsandstripesportinggoods.com. Well, Darren, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. Now, our show airs on more than 20 stations across Wisconsin and into Minnesota, 
including WRJC 92.9 FM and 1270 AM in Boston at 7 AM on Saturday. I'm sure there's some folks who are listening who maybe don't know about your shop, or maybe they do, but they'll hear about it now. We want to talk about what's going on in the area, but first of all, you opened just a couple of years ago. You told me November of 2021? Yes. Yep. A little over a year and a half we've been open. Yeah. Now, that was kind of right in the middle of the COVID pandemic. How's that worked out for you? So far, it's been doing good. You have your hills and valleys, your good days and bad days, but for the most part, it's been doing good. Well, that's good. I don't know that that would be the ideal time to open a business, but a lot of people were hunting and fishing if they couldn't do other things. Yep. Yep. What do you offer there in your store? Hunting, fishing, ammo, guns, magazines for guns, deer feed and chicken feed and bird seed and stuff like that. Okay. And where exactly are you on Highway 80? About two and a half miles south of Nasita. Okay. About right on the main drag. Okay. How's the fishing been lately on either of the flowages? The last couple of days it's been getting a little bit better because, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks everybody knows that the water temps have been getting really high. Yeah. Just because we've had, it's been so warm for so long. Um, I had a few guys come in and said that Petenwell Lake was 75, 80 degrees already last week. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's not good for fishing. No. Uh, but the last few days being cooler, the temps have dropped a little bit, so it's picking up a little bit. And more guys are catching, like on Pete and Wall, they're catching more walleyes and stuff in the deeper water and all in the stump fields and brush piles and stuff. Are they trolling, jigging, or what? Mostly jigging, but there is quite a few guys like on Castle Rock and stuff that are trolling and catching quite a few of them too. Now, that's a pretty good crappie fishery, actually, both of those lakes. Any action there? species right now, but it's been good on just about everything with bass and crappies. Bluegills are kind of in and out depending on where you can find them. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are catching catfish right now. There's been quite a few muskies and sturgeons caught too. So a real mixed bag. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, good. How about the river between the flowages or either up or down from them? That has been good for catfish and sturgeon and walleyes and stuff too. Okay. The last time I fished that area was below the Castle Rock Dam for muskies. I fished with uh, a couple of friends who fish it regularly, and uh, we raised a bunch of fish. We didn't actually boat any, but we we sure raised a bunch, and and they catch a lot of them. Has there been any muskie action right there below the dams? Yep, they've been pretty, that whole section through there has been good pretty much from dam to dam uh-huh. for muskies. Are most people casting for them? Yeah, I haven't heard of too many people that have been trolling for them so far. Not uh-huh. that I have heard. I'd say the majority of that I'm hearing has been incidental catches. You know, they're fishing for catfish or walleyes or something, and then they're catching a, you know, 36, 38-inch muskie while they're fishing for walleyes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and if you were to target muskies, do you think topwater would be a, a good idea this time of year? Right now, yeah. Either that or trolling would be what I would try right now uh-huh. with the warmer waters. Okay. Now, do you have any customers who are campers or who are hiking the trails or using the ATV trails? Yep. Yes, we do. Okay. Do you have maps then? No, we have not gotten any of those yet. I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody from Juneau County to get maps uh-huh. for the trails. 
Well, I happen to know somebody, so maybe we can. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yep, yeah, I would appreciate. That. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, if somebody wanted to go fishing this weekend and they don't care what they catch, what would your advice be? I usually tell everybody, like below the dams, if you're just going to shore fish, blow either one of the dams, Petenwell or Castle Rock, and you throw something out there, you're going to catch a catfish or something. Either there or the Buckhorn Bridge is usually a good spot. You know, there's a couple of little boat docks here and there that, depending on the time of year, that are good. But those two or three spots there are usually the biggest shore fishing. Okay, and if somebody wants to drop a boat in, what's your advice? Well, if you just want to catch fish, and it's usually on Castle Rock Lake, if you go up by the trestle, you can usually catch fish there. They may not be the biggest fish in the world, but you're almost guaranteed to catch fish there every time. I've never been stumped there. Uh huh. You usually catch something there all the time. Well, good. Are you selling bait now too, Darren? Yes, yes we are. Crappie minnows, fatheads, suckers, then we got the river mix, the medium and large river mix, and black-tailed chubs, panfish worms, nightcrawlers, leeches, and then uh, waxworms too. Pretty much everything somebody would need. Yep. All right. Yeah, we try to pretty much keep everything in stock. It's just a matter of whether or not it's available that week on the truck. Right. Okay. You get your bait from Gollins? Yes. Gollins out of Stevens Point, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, your hours, when are you open? Six to five, Tuesday through Saturday, and then six to ten on Sundays, and then Mondays were closed. Okay. Thank you so much for that report. We'll catch up with you again maybe later this summer, and uh, hope you get a little business out of this, and we appreciate your help. Yep, thank you very much. You bet. You have a, yep, you have a good day. Thank you. You too. Yep. Darren Kiesling is the proprietor, along with his wife Carla, of Stars and Stripes Sporting Goods. They are uh, on Highway 80, just a little way south of Nasida. Their website is starsandstripesportinggoods.com. And this was brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now is a good friend of mine from northern Minnesota, Joe Henry. He's the executive director of Lake of the Woods Tourism, and I run into Joe a couple times a year, usually at events, and maybe we'll get to fish together this fall when we'll both be in Bemidji for the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Conference. But right now, let's talk about Lake of the Woods. Joe, thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hey, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Now, you probably know I've got a lot of Wisconsin stations and two stations in Minnesota now, and so there are probably some listeners who are closer to you than I am, but what's going on on Lake of the Woods this time of year? The walleye capital of the world, as we call it, with all due respect to some other good fisheries, you know. And, but I'll tell you, the walleyes are hitting. It's summer mode right now. So we started out in the colder water jigging them. Jigging was uh, the most popular technique, and 
when I say jigging, I'm talking about anchoring up and, and vertical jigging over the side of the boat, typically with a, a jig and a frozen emerald shiner. Mm-hmm. You know, that technique is just so, so good. And then what ends up happening is when the water temp gets in about the 70s, that bite, I mean, you can still get them jigging, but I'll tell you what, those fish spread out a little more, and they're a little more active. Using a uh, crawler harness with a bottom bouncer or a, or a weight has just been deadly. And, you know, you can drift big expanses of water. You can troll those rigs. You know, typically I, I use a two-ounce bouncer, and I use a snelled spinner with a two-hook harness with a crawler on it. I'll tell you a couple little tricks on that one. These little tips are important. You know, when I'm pulling a spinner, I want to maintain about a 45-degree angle with that two-ounce bouncer. Okay. And some anglers might say, boy, a two-ounce bouncer seems like a lot of weight. But actually, I like using that two-ounce bouncer because I have total control. I can use that bouncer in five feet of water, but I can also be pulling down a break and fish have bouncers as deep as about 30 feet of water. So it really is versatile. You know, when I'm pulling that bouncer, I want to stay at about a 45-degree angle. If I start getting that bouncer too far back behind the boat, I'll actually reel in and reset it. At 45 degrees, I can touch the bottom of the lake, but I just keep it off. I don't get snagged or, or debris. And then, uh, of course, going on about that one, to, uh, really 1.25 miles per hour is my go-to target. And but I tell you, it allows you to, to cover water. you got a blade on there that's flashy. It puts vibration in the water, which affects the walleye's lateral line. And then, of course, you got a juicy night crawler on that two-hook harness. Tell you the other tip, Dan, I like to hook that first hook with, you know, in front of the crawler, the dark part of the head. I want to straighten that crawler out and hook that second hook, which normally kind of goes by the band of the crawler. But if I have too much crawler hanging off that back hook, some of those crawlers are so long, what I'll do is I'll pinch that crawler off. So I have just about two to three inches off that back hook. That's plenty of crawler to get bit, yet you're going to get a lot more hookup when you have that short tail. And I think you probably get more scent from the crawler, too, because the end is cut off of it, so it's oozing its scent, its juices. The scent is incredible. The action on that setup is just so good. And you catch everything. I mean, I target walleyes with it, but, of course, on Lake of the Woods, you're going to get saugers and pike and jumbo perch and bass. And, I mean, everything hits a crawler harness. If you're fishing on a lake that has big sunfish, boy, you know, hang on, because you will catch literally everything on it. Are you trolling with boards or planers to get away from the boat, or are you right behind the boat? No, right behind the boat. In fact, uh, you know, on Lake of the Woods especially, the water is stained water. So we don't have to be that finessey with that gin clear water like some lakes have, in some cases due to zebra mussels now. But, you know, no, we, we have that stained water. So we just, you know, we just drift it right underneath the boat. So if it's a windier day, we'll just drift. If it's a, a real flat day, well, then we got to have a little bit of movement, so we'll just use the motor. And, uh, and if you're using a private boat, you can use a trolling motor or a kicker. And if you're on a charter boat, what we do is we uh, you get that big prop, you know, it's a big motor. So you kick it into gear and you kick it out of gear just to give it some push. And then you start slowing down, and once you start slowing down, you kick it in gear and kick it out of gear and give you another thrust. Up. But it keeps that spinner moving. It keeps that worm moving through the water column and pretty deadly. Now, to drag a two-ounce bait, do you need a fairly stiff rod or a shorter rod? You really don't, no. I, I just use, I'll tell you what I use. Now, I, I never like to get too too particular on what to use for rods and reels because I really try to consider the average angler when I'm talking. But you know what? If, if I had my choice, when I'm pulling bouncers and spinners, I'd use a bait caster rod and reel. And I'll tell you why, is that when you're when you're pulling, 
um, let's say five feet of water and you start coming down a break and you let a little line out to seven feet and then 10 feet and then 12 feet, if you let line out to maintain consistency with the bottom, you know, the, the bait casts are just so much easier letting line out rather than having to flip your bail on a spin cast and then crank it over again and flip your bail. And Now, you can certainly do that and it works just fine. However, it's actually a lot easier using the bait caster. Now how about pike? Are people still catching pike there? The pike are biting all the time. And, you know, the, the funny thing about pike, we got a lot of pike in our lake, but they're not a real common fish to fish on Lake of the Woods other than March when people are after them with tip-ups. Yeah. And, of course, you know, once in a while in, in the springtime when they're in the shallow bays, they're around, Dan. And, you know, we got walleye anglers catching them accidentally. And they're catching 40-plus-inch fish, which, you know, it's right around a 20-pounder. They're catching them all the time. And then for the people that target them, you know, they're fishing back bays. They're fishing points. They're fishing reefs. Sunken Island out in the middle of the lake. Some of those big pike will sit out in those reefs in real shallow water. They're pretty prevalent. But honestly, they, they just don't get targeted. So if people like pike, <laughs> come over, catch some of those pike. It was funny. I had a resort owner recently say to me, hey, what are we going to do about those pike? I mean, what do you mean? Well, there's so many big pike in the lake. We got to get rid of some of those. <laughs> I kind of started laughing, you know. Yeah, nice problem to have. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. yeah. What about muskies? <laughs> you know, Lake of the Woods is a world-class muskie fishery, and the majority of the muskie fishing happens in the north end of the lake. You know, the northwest angle, that little tip of Minnesota that sticks up into Canada. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people will will stay up there, and then you know, the majority of the muskie fishing actually happens on the Ontario side. So they'll boat from the U.S. They're just a stone's throw away from Canada when you're staying up there at the angle. Yeah, they'll just boat in and, and fish the islands. We got 14,552 islands on Lake of the Woods. The number of spots, neck down areas, underwater points, you know, red cabbage, bays, saddles, the spots are endless. And we really have a lot of muskies. In fact, the, the muskie season just opened this past Saturday, which was, you know, the I think it was the 17th, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yep. You know, we have a little bit later season for muskies up north because we want to make sure they're spawned out and everything, and the, the opener was real good. I'm going to be going up to the Canadian side of Lake of the Woods in September with Ballard's Resort, Gary Moeller, on Black Island, Ballard's Black Island. We caught muskies the two times I was up there, and of course, one of our jobs is to catch walleyes for shore lunch. That's a tough job to have. But then after that, we can fish for whatever we want, and I'll be targeting muskies. And my son's coming along. You met him at uh, Riverbend this past winter, and he's more interested in muskies than anything else. But we're certainly looking forward to that. Well, what other fishing? Now, you've got sturgeon there, too, but is there any sturgeon action going on in the summer? That's mainly a spring thing, isn't it, or fall? That's when a lot of people fish sturges in the spring, but the sturgeon season uh, goes to about May 15th, and then it closes up for a month and a half, and it's going to reopen up here July 1st. Wow. Fishing sturgeon in the summertime is it's a hoot. I mean, you know, the Rainy River is where the sturgeon are. And, you know, Dan, uh, the DNR estimates that we have over 100,000 sturgeon that are over 40 inches long. They use the Rainy River for stripping the eggs from the sturgeon and putting them in other fisheries. We just really have a good good fishery in 42 miles of navigable Rainy River. You know, the summertime, there's not a lot of traffic on the river. Most people are walleye fishing on the lake. There's walleyes in the river all year long. We call them resident walleyes. You know, most people are hitting the lake. When you got that river pretty much to yourself. It's gorgeous. It's a slow-rolling river. And, you know, you just put sturgeon fish and you target the holes of the river. You put down a circle hook with a couple crawlers on it. Once in a while, you might add a frozen emerald shiner and 
he was a no roll sinker, probably about a three to four ounce weight based based on the current. And you just uh, cast that out near a hole and sit back and wait for that rod tip to bounce a little bit. And it's it's that simple. And um, boy, you can catch some some tanks, you know. Is this primarily catch and release, or do people actually keep sturgeon? We have both a catch and release season and we have a keep season. Come July first, it's actually a keep season. You know, the majority of the summer, so you can keep one sturgeon per calendar year per person. So what you do is, you, if you want to keep a sturgeon, you you first buy a five dollar sturgeon tag. Now you got a tag in case you catch one you can keep, and then that sturgeon has to be between forty five and fifty inches, or you can keep one over seventy five. Oh so you know a lot of people are keeping a that forty five to fifty inch variety if they get one between there and. You know what? What most people do is they'll smoke them. They're very rich meat, very good eating, and yeah. you know the DNR is they really have no problem with uh, the sustainability of the sturgeon population on the Rainy River for a few people keeping them here and there. I mean, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of sturgeon right now. Cool. Well, Joe, we got to take a break. Will you stay with us? I got a couple more things I want to talk to you about. I'd be happy to stay with you. All right, folks. I'm talking to Joe Henry, Executive Director of Lake of the Woods Tourism. Their website is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. We'll be right back after this. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking with Joe Henry, Executive Director of Lake of the Woods Tourism. Their website is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. And we were talking about the great fishing up there, 
Joe, but you've got a new feature on Lake of the Woods called Towboat US. Tell us about that. Well, okay, you know, if Lake of the Woods was a Great Lake, it'd be the sixth largest Great Lake. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, in the past, if something ever happened to your boat, you'd have to hope another good Samaritan came by or maybe call the resort you're staying at and, and see if they could help you or somebody's really in danger and you dial 911, of course. The authorities will try to come on and help you. But a local gentleman and his wife who have been running a marina, and he's a, a captain, uh, he does some charter trips. They said, what services could we add to our business that would be advantageous up at Lake of the Woods? Of course, a towing service doesn't exist uh -huh. until now. So now, you know, Tobo U.S., so for, for $99, you can become a member, and then, you know, you can, you know, be on Lake of the Woods or the Rainy River, and if anything goes wrong, if you run out of gas, if your boat doesn't start, if you run ashore, whatever the case might be, you, you can call the number up at Lake of the Woods, and they're going to come and they're going to tow you in. They're going to give you a start. They're going to do whatever they can to get you back boating again. It's kind of interesting, you know, that membership. If if you belong to whichever uh, towboat U.S., whatever area of the United States, if it's inland waters, that membership applies to other inland waters. Now, if I'm at Lake of the Woods, and I get a towboat U.S. membership, and then I end up going to another body of water in Wisconsin, let's say, and they don't have towboat U.S., well, if I need to get towed in by a resort and they charge me for that tow, I can take that receipt and turn that receipt into towboat U.S., and they'll, uh, they'll reimburse me for it. Really kind of a neat membership for 99 bucks if, if you are on some of those bodies of water that has a towing service. It sounds a little bit like, or a lot like, AAA for boats. It does, yeah. And, and you, you think about it, I mean, what would it cost for a boat to come out 20 miles, yeah. hook up, and tow you back 20 miles? That would be, uh, I don't know if it would be 400 500 I don't know how much it would cost, but I'll tell you, 99 bucks if you're going to be boating at some of these waters, it seems like a good peace of mind to me. Yeah, especially if it applies to the other lakes. I have seen that before, and I know, of course, they have the marine version on saltwater, but I think that they have that service on a number, on the Great Lakes, certainly, and on a number of larger lakes as well. I would imagine some people are thinking, well, can I buy it on the water if I need, if I'm in trouble and I need help? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of a stipulation that would be a, you know, a little bit far-fetched. That'd be like getting one of those, uh, you know, uh, appliance, uh, um, you know, uh, contracts where all your appliances are covered and you buy it today and need a washer tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate, it's it's a good deal, and it's it's insurance, basically, is what it is. It's a nice option to have, is what it is. For people that do some boating on Lake of the Woods or wherever you go, I mean, if, if, if you have the service available, I'll tell you something to think about. For $99, well, you can you can burn up 99 bucks pretty easy nowadays. Yeah, just filling your gas tank a couple times. Especially sure. if you own a boat, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the other thing we wanted to talk about, Joe, you were in a tournament on Lake Osakis just recently, and you had some experiences that you wanted to share. Tell us about that. I have fished tournaments a good part of my life, walleye tournaments in my case, and I hadn't fished a tournament, a bigger tournament, in a few years. And, you know, I got into this tournament. I'd, I'd never fished a lake before until this year. So I went out and pre-fished for four days, and, and my partner and I went out and fished a tournament. Don't quote me exactly how many boats, but I want to say there was like 71 boats in the tournament, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we finished okay. We finished 14th, where I think it paid down to 10 spots. And, you know, we found some good fish and learned the lake and had a good time, and that's the name of the game. The thing that amazed me is, Dan, how many people were using forward-facing sonar, almost like a Garmin LiveScope or, you know, Humminbird and Lawrence have their products as well. But there were so many boats 
had that forward-facing sonar. It was amazing to see how the complexion of a tournament has changed. I mean, when I tell you that I went to my first spot, and I bet three-fourths of the bullets over by me were driving around looking at their, their large sonar screen, in this case. And what they were doing is they were looking around looking for fish. And then when they, when they'd find a fish, they'd spot lock their trolling motor, and they'd be pitching, both guys would be pitching towards that fish. They'd throw a slip bobber in a leech, and if that didn't get them to go, they'd, they'd stay on that fish and they'd throw something else, and then they'd throw a jig, and then they'd throw, I mean, they were, they'd be working that fish, and I saw one boat working a fish for, gosh, probably, you know, 10 minutes, and all of a sudden they set the hook and they got a seven-pounder. The way tournaments are being fished now with that technology has really changed, and you know, I, I didn't have that technology, so we were pulling some spinners uh, through some weeds. And like I say, we caught a lot of fish, but, you know, to be able to go through and, and identify fish and identify how big the fish are, and, uh, boy, it's, it's a whole other game, I'll tell you. Well, my first experience with it was last winter up on Lake of the Woods, and we were fishing with some uh, other media folks from the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. We were out out of River Bend Resort and in shanties, of course, and our guide Alex had a Garmin Live Scope and he let us use it for part of the day and he took it around to the various shacks and we couldn't move the shack to follow a fish like you can with a boat, but by moving it around we could tell where a fish was approaching us from. Uh, there were four of us fishing different holes in the you know four corners of the shack and uh, my son John was watching the live scope and he said oh there's one coming over to you or oh now he's going over to the other guy or whatever so that was my first experience with it uh, but I imagine it's something impactful uh, based on your your uh, telling what happened on that tournament well it's interesting you know I was talking to my partner and uh, you know we'd spoken to somebody who'd finished really well a real good angler and he had the technology and my uh, my partner in passing just mentioned that you know we we finished 14th, but you know we didn't have live scope, and he was shocked. You didn't have live scope? It's almost like if you're going to play that game nowadays, yet being in tournaments, you almost have to have it. You saw where Gussie just won the Bassmasters here earlier in the year. Yeah. Gussie being from uh, Kenora, Ontario, and a northern guy went in the Bassmaster, but that's exactly what he was doing. Is he was using I think he had a hummingbird product. He was using the forward-facing sonar to identify these bass, and these anglers get good enough with that technology that they can identify the fish and then stay on them and then pitch their lure the right distance and the right direction to get that and they can see how the, the fish are reacting to their lure you know they can try different uh different cadence different jigging cadence they can try snap jigging in some cases they change their whole bait to see if that triggers a fish but it, it's just a really a, a different thing you know in the winter of course you know a lot of the, the crappie anglers and such you know what they'll do is they'll go to a basin and they'll uh They'll put that live scope down, and you can point that under the ice. Yep. And they'll point it in all directions, and they'll, hey, you got to go 50 feet that direction. Go drill a hole over there, and boom, you're on fish. But the people I talk to, it really saves you time. Just really has changed the game. And you told me also that the professional Muskie Trail Tournament Series of PMTT actually banned live scope. Well, they did, yeah. And, you know, I think I read a story about uh, some young guys who are really up in the technology, good muskie anglers. And, you know, what they had done is they had used that. They, they, I don't know if they had three live scopes on their boat or I don't know. They, they had a number of them. And they were marking uh, in one tournament over, I think it was in Wisconsin, they were marking, uh, you know, suspended muskies. And they got in that pattern and they, they whacked the heck out of them more and, and just really cleaned up on the competition. And, you know, using that technology, after that tournament, the PMTT banned the use of forward-facing sonar 
you know, in their tournaments. And, you know, it was interesting because those guys said in the earlier tournaments, we didn't even win them. Yeah. But this one, it just so happened that, you know, using forward-facing sonar was such an advantage. But that's the only circuit I've ever heard them banning the technology. I do know that that same angler who had done so well in that tournament, he also got the state record muskie over on Mille Lacs Lake this past fall. In fact, he had to break ice to get out there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's using this technology to find those big fish. And it's the newest. It's the latest and greatest. And, uh, you know, I guess kudos to the anglers that are learning to adapt and, and use that new Technology. The tough part of it is it's about three grand. It's quite an investment for a lot of people. It certainly is, but for a tournament angler who's got fifty grand in a truck and seventy-five grand in a boat, it's part of the cost of doing business, I guess. It's a no-brainer, and of course that depends on how, how big of the tournaments are you're getting into and stuff. You know, this tournament I fish wasn't a real big tournament, you know, more of a local tournament. But even that, I've seen you know young kids with a sixteen-foot lund. And they got live scope. Wow. So people are making choices to invest in that technology. I think in some cases, even over a newer boat or other equipment, just because it's that important. I guess it's new technology, and it will sort itself out in terms of whether anglers use it or not, and whether it becomes regulated or banned for certain purposes, for certain tournaments. I think of crossbows and... Uh, even compound bows, you know, you and I have been through that evolution where traditional anglers didn't like compounds, and now everybody shoots one, and uh, compound users didn't want to see crossbows, and now they're available. And, and uh, we heard from Rob Dreesline last week or a week or so ago that they're now legal in Minnesota for anybody who wants to use them. So and the times are changing, and technology has a lot to do with it. It, it sure does. You know, I was, the other thing that's interesting about this technology is that it really gives us some insight on what's going on down there with the fish. Mm-hmm. Give an example. You know, uh, I was up at the, the northwest angle of Lake of the Woods last year, and some uh, some anglers brought them some just monster crappies, really big crappies. Wow, nice fish. You know, how, how'd you get them? And they said, well, we were going from point to point with a trolling motor, just mm-hmm. fishing walleyes, mm-hmm. and we saw these suspe- the suspended fish. So we figured they're crappies. We dropped down on them, and they're monster crappies. But here's the interesting part. When we were fishing them, all of a sudden you'd see a big fish come flying through the middle of them, and the school would just scatter. Well, that was either a big pike or a big muskie. So what we'd do is we'd motor around that area, and then we'd find the school again that came back together. And we'd fish them for 15 minutes or so, and then a big fish would come flying through the middle and scatter them again. I just thought that was so neat. And then, you know, in this last tournament I was talking to uh, you know, one of the guys fishing it, and he said... When we were using it, we were pulling, uh, with a trolling motor, we were pulling spinners through the weeds, kind of using a, a bullet weight and kind of casting behind the boat. And what would happen is when we approached the walleyes, we could see them, they were off the bottom a little bit. But as we got a, l- a little bit closer to them, before the boat got to them, they'd shoot to the bottom of the lake. Huh. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe, I think we got to let you go. We've covered a lot of ground here, and it's always good to talk to you. So uh, thanks so much for sharing this information and your insights on the new technology as well. Dan, thanks for having me on. I sure appreciate it. You bet. Folks, that was Joe Henry, Executive Director of Lake of the Woods Tourism. Their website is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of unclouded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West and West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And remember, Crestliner is offering year-end clearance instant cash rebates of up to $5,000 on certain models through June 30th. That's ending next week. There's no better time to buy a new boat, so check the Cedar Lake Sales website or Facebook page for details. 
We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of our show and of duck hunters everywhere. To learn more about the world's leader in wetlands conservation, visit ducks.org. And we're brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, just east of Mauston on Highway 82, woodsideranch.com. If our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is not airing where you live, you can watch past episodes anytime at all at milwaukeepbs.org. And the Deer Hunt Wisconsin shows from the last few years are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And if you missed any dates, websites, phone numbers, or anything else we've mentioned on this week's show, you can always listen online 24-7 at lake-link.com slash radio. And our show is now available as a podcast on the new Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com. You can find Jeff on social media at Hardwater Jeff and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'll be hosting a group to Ballard's Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods again this year. The dates are September 11 through 15. We'll spend four nights on Black Island with three days of guided fishing for walleyes, bass, northern pike, muskies, and panfish. Guides, boats, bait tackle, lodging, all meals are included. And we'll enjoy shore lunches of fresh walleyes that we catch in the morning out there on Lake of the Woods. The guides will prepare those lunches for us right on the shore. And great breakfasts and dinners at the lodge. The trip is limited to 13 guests, including me and my son John and a couple of friends from the Stormy Cromer Company. They'll be bringing some Stormy Cromer gifts for everyone on the trip. The cost is just $1,500 per person, as I mentioned. That includes everything, so just show up with the right clothing for September weather and a good rain suit in case we get a, a little shower, and you'll be good to go. To sign up, visit blackisland.com, and you can reserve a spot right there. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson this Saturday, and for most listeners, that's today. Warren and friends are performing his original musical, Riding the Wind, at Big Top Chautauqua. That's the show that started the Big Tent on its long voyage that uh, been going now for more than 30 years. The show starts at 7.30, and for tickets and information, visit BigTop.org. Warren and friends are also performing on Wednesday, June 28th in Presque Isle at the Community Library there. And then next Saturday, July 1st, they're back in concert at the Big Top. For more details and information on upcoming events, visit warrennelson.com. And if you've got July 4th plans that include fireworks, it's probably a good idea this year to visit a town display with organized fireworks because most of those are run or at least monitored by local fire departments. With the drought conditions we've been experiencing lately, it would be wise to forego backyard fireworks this year and take in an organized display instead. They're usually bigger and better anyway. Things may change by next week, but right now it's pretty dry out there, so save the campfires and bonfires and fireworks for another time. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back with us next week. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night 
swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg when the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry Coffee can, honey, 